another episode of the Art of You podcast. This is your host, Jimmy Grant, also known as Rose Drive. In this episode, I'm chatting with Owen Samarone from Unleash the Knowledge. Owen has been creating opportunities for himself for the last eight years. As a freshman at the University of Rhode Island, he joined the basketball team and coached Dan Hurley as a manager, then followed Coach Hurley to UConn as a graduate assistant. Owen is passionate about learning and nonfiction books. In this episode, we chat about a brand new app and startup called Gura, a place where you can share knowledge and unique experiences with your community and audience. I hope you enjoy this episode. I'll talk to you soon. Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of the Art of You podcast. Today, we welcome Owen Samarone of Unleash the Knowledge. Owen, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, It's an honor to have you. I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a while. I've become a fan of Unleash the Knowledge and your mission. And um, I kind of want to give the listeners a little bit of background about you, Owen, and how personal developments and nonfiction books really got on your radar and before, you know, you launched Unleash the Knowledge? Like, when did that kind of become a part of your life? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the last six years have been super pivotal, just pivotal for me, big breakthrough change and so forth. So I got to college, you know, 2014, and I got involved with the basketball team right off the bat. So I went to University of Rhode Island. And, you know, spent four years there, um, got really involved with the team, grew a strong relationship with Coach Hurley, won two championships my junior and senior year, made it to the March Madness tournament. Just incredible experience, something I could have never, ever imagined um, coming out of high school. And other than that, did very well in the classroom, was super driven, had a great social life, started an honor society, joined the honors program in itself. So just really, like, maximized my time in, during those four years. Um, that landed me at UConn after I graduated University of Connecticut coach Hurley got the new job I came along I went along with him I was a graduate assistant um, full-time job 24 7 365 and uh, also going to school so I was getting my master's in finance risk which I got in December of 2019 Um, you know I I love the grind it was I would never change change or trade a second of those six years. Um, but by the time COVID hit, it was almost like a blessing uh, in disguise where the season had gone cut short. We were literally about to play our first conference game, which is actually today for this year, the, the, a year later for UConn. They're, wow. they're playing later today. Um, so yeah, crazy. A year, we're already past it. But pretty much COVID comes in. Cuts the season off. I'm in Fort Worth, Texas with the team. We're about to play. We end up flying home. Um, You know, the the next few weeks were pretty iffy with what the heck's going on. I pretty much just made the decision to head home. So that was completely up to me. Um, They they had offered me to stay. I would have very well stayed, but six years were were a great, you know, span of time. But I felt more change coming through my life and and decided to ultimately head home. 
Um, you know, Unleashed the Knowledge was actually being built in the background since September of 2019. So the whole last season, I was kind of silently building this social platform, specifically just Instagram, promoting my love for personal development, nonfiction books, and so forth. Um, but, you know, to your question, where that love really came about was just watching Coach Hurley and trying to be a sponge and trying to literally mimic everything he did. If he asked me to, you know, print out a blog post or an article from a news outlet, I'd print out two copies. I'd read one copy. I'd give him the other copy. He was talking about a podcast. He's a big Tim Ferriss fan, big Lewis Howes fan, all those guys, Ed Milet. So I was listening to all those podcasts. Um, I saw his daily actions when he got into the office, what he did, meditation, all these principles and, and success practices that I was mimicking as well. And then lastly, he would, um, if I ever went into his office, I'd see books on his bookshelf and then on his desk. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what are these? So I'm taking pictures of these books. I'm going to the local Barnes and Noble after work. I'm buying them, I'm reading them. And, you know, it was just this amazing two-year span of seeing what college basketball truly was. Because as a manager, which was my role at URI, I didn't really see it as thoroughly because I wasn't in the office on a daily basis. I was still a student. But once I got to UConn, I was in the office from 6 a.m., 7 a.m. till 7, 8 p.m. every wow. day. So I really saw the lifestyle. And uh, yeah, my eyes were just open. And now we're building Unleash the Knowledge. I have a couple of people helping me. Um, you know, it's, it's either the fastest or one of the fastest growing digital education communities promoting self-education through books and, and becoming a lifelong learner. Um, yeah, got a couple other things going on today that I'm sure we'll dive into a bit, but yeah, that's pretty much the basis of the last six to seven years of my life. That was phenomenal, uh, background Owen. Uh, I really appreciate it. And something that I want to bring up really quick is how did you kind of get that opportunity to be involved with the college basketball team at university of Rhode Island as a manager? How did that opportunity come about and what inspired you to kind of get involved right away? Yeah, absolutely. So it was completely a decision on myself to go seek it out. Um, you know, I, I was in a triple dorm room freshman year. One of the buddies was a kid from the town over from me who I'm still friends with. And the other individual was another friend that I've grown into really enjoy, you know, building a relationship with, but was from another part of New Jersey. And the buddy that was from the town over from me is talking about transferring. He's, he's super down on his luck. He's like, man, we got to get out of here. We got to head back to New Jersey. And I'm thinking, we just got here. Like first few weeks, we got to find out what our niche is, what, where we're going to spend most of our time. Yeah. Some kids join the radio club. Some kids join a fraternity. Some kids do whatever else they do. I, I thought to myself, okay, what do I love? What am I good at? Um, you know, I, I, I guess what I'm good at is just working hard and, and doing literal like remedial tasks or, or anything that needs to get done. And then what I loved was sports, specifically basketball. And I knew the team was doing well. I knew of Coach Hurley a bit. So it all kind of came together. And one day after class, literally like September, second week of school, I walked down to the Ryan Center, which is where we play our home games. Um, you know, one of my superpowers, which I think I discussed with you another time offline was I love networking. I love building relationships and I love finding a way into places. So I literally scoped out the whole arena, literally from the president's suite up top on the third deck <laughs> to the down of the tunnels and the bellows of where the locker rooms are. And I found one room with the light on. It was some management office that was for the, the arena itself. It wasn't for the team. Wow. And I, I walked in 
saw a lady, asked if there was any opportunities, um, you know, unpaid, paid, whatever it was. I was just trying to get involved, specifically in the basketball world. And she pointed me in the direction of reaching out to the director of basketball operations for the team, interviewed with him. Um, literally next day was like, hey, come to practice, see if it's something you want to get involved. I'm sitting there watching practice and I'm like, man, like, I don't need to watch this. Just let me hop in now. Like this is, I don't need a, a briefing of what's going on. Like this is where I know I should be and where I need to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was completely sought out by myself and, and not, the rest is history. I mean, I spent every waking minute in that gym. They treated me like royalty. They treated me like a player, you know, whole senior night. I was a part of it. I have a framed Jersey, two rings, you know, cannot give any more praise to those guys and coach Hurley specifically for, for that experience. I love that story, Owen. And you really embody the idea of Alex Benayan's book, the third door, but maybe in that particular story, in that situation, it was like 49th or 50th door by the time you found that one room with the light on. Um, and you mentioned coach Hurley a few times, Owen, can you kind of give a little bit of um, a background on who he is just so the listeners kind of, know uh, how significant he is as you know from his playing career and now as a coach and what he's meant to you and um you know your personal development as a human being um you know with the basketball team but now from what you've taken from him and applied to your life moving forward yeah so to kick off uh with Alex Benign's book I've actually had the chance to grow a relationship with Alex as well which is hysterical that I was doing this, you know, then I read the book and so forth, but I love actually the third door was one of the first books I read in this really active nonfiction kind of dive into, into this new world of mine. Um, And, and I loved it so much because it validated what I was already doing. It wasn't new information to me. It just showed that some other kid was doing it at a 10 X level. You know, obviously he, he sought out to see some of the biggest names, um, so that, that just, you know, that book is super special to me. I recommend it literally left and right up and down. Yeah, if, if you sure. catch the page whatsoever, but yeah, so coach Hurley is, is a born and raised Jersey guy too. So when I got to Rhode Island, I was in this foreign land, even though it's only three to four hours away from my hometown in New Jersey, it's definitely a different atmosphere up there. You know, people move a little bit slower. I'm used to the metropolitan area. I'm kind of a hustler, bustler kind of guy. I move quick on my feet. So when I got to school, I was like, wow, everyone's like super maniacal and like slow and, and just like, I don't know, they, they like, I, I literally heard this, that if they took a 30, 40 minute road trip, they'd have had to spend a night uh, during that trip because that was so far for them. And I'm thinking I would go back, I'd drive back home to Jersey three hours, four hours and come back the same day. Like, that's no problem to me. Wow. So when I, like, obviously I knew he was from New Jersey. And when I got to school, it was, it was like that home away from home. Obviously, he's, you know, a, a very funny, animated individual on the sidelines if you've caught any games. Um, so that just, I, I vibed with that. And I really thought that was, you know, a great aspect to his personality. He wasn't just this robot individual that, you know, some people might be. But um, yeah, he's the son of Bobby Hurley Sr., who is literally the number one top legend in high school basketball. He's now won multiple championships at St. Anthony's High School in, in Jersey City. He's won an SB, so forth. Just incredible individual in his father. And he's obviously been molded into, into you know, the next one up after, after his dad. And he has a brother, Bobby Hurley, who played at Duke, is also arguably one of the best point guards to ever play in college basketball. Made it to the NBA, first round pick. 
now coaches at Arizona state. So obviously a big basketball family, um, coach Hurley played at CN hall, another Jersey school. Um, now, you know, big East, which is funny how things come full circle. UConn used to be in the American conference up until last year. And now this year they're in the big East. Um, so a couple of things coming together for him as well, but yeah, you know, just right off the bat, just seeing how he acted and how he really carried himself on a day-to-day basis was super attractive to me. You know, I was just, I was lost to some degree coming out of high school and trying to find my way in college. And he kind of gave me this direction and at least he gave me a mechanism or, or a vehicle, the, the team to position myself, latch onto. Sometimes I say I, I rode the coattails of his success, which I very much did. Cause I, I mean, I was doing good work, but he was obviously the driver of the train. And, um, you know, from that, he, I, I just learned every, every type of life skill and, and life principles, success, um, principle and so forth and, and have completely taken it, you know, to heart with everything I do today and, and being a part of the UConn team too, allowed me to get far closer to him than I was at Rhode Island. And, uh, that's only helped me, but, um, yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, I mean, there's just so many tips and, and tricks and so forth, but, um, best, best way to put it is, is, or our best way to encapsulate his career is he spent, um, so he played at Seton Hall, was going to go overseas to play pro, decided not to, ended up at Rutgers as an assistant coach right off the gate, which is one of the best gigs you can get, you know, coming out of college, especially as a college athlete, that kind of went south with the coaching staff and the head coach and ended up in high school for nine years, I believe at St. Benedict's did extremely well. there. only lost a handful of times catching hundreds of wins. Um, and then pretty much has rose since then to low level division one to mid tier, which was URI to now UConn, which is one of the top four story programs in, in our nation. Um, and I think he's going to get to the Knicks next. So that's, that's the prediction, but like that just that journey, even though he had it completely cut out for himself, he was the son of Bobby Hurley senior, and he's a division one athlete and all these accolades, he still had to go from the bottom all the way to the top. So that in itself is, uh, you know, I have so much respect for him in that regard. So something that I, I have to bring up and I'm, I'm so curious about is I, I love hearing about when people get a big win and when they get momentum when they feeling of when they first find out about something that's really special. And you mentioned March madness and that the team that you were a part of made it to March madness. Like what was that atmosphere like for you personally with the team, the coaching staff, everyone there who's been grinding in the off season, those workouts, the traveling, passing the classes, like what was that like finding out like, okay, March madness, we made it. We we were, we're in what was going through your mind. And like, what was that, moment like when you found out yeah well I was extremely grateful just to have some part in the team you know that first and foremost I was you know snapchatting my buddies on a daily basis I'm in Nevada one day I'm in South Carolina the next day Texas and they're like what the heck are you doing man like how are you in school and and all this And, and I'm like I'm living out the stream like I'm just you know these they're they're paying for me to fly. They're paying me to eat and and stay in a hotel. And all I have to do is just work extremely hard for them. Like, of course, I'll do that any day of the week. Wow. Um, so all that leading up to it was incredible. And then when we found out, it was it was you know one of the most special things ever because you know not only making the tournament is extremely challenging because only sixty four, technically sixty eight teams make the tournament because there's a first four in game 
but we were like in, we were, we were one of the 64 and, um, you know, achieving that is no easy task, but nevertheless, you, uh, you or I hadn't made the tournament in like 19 years. So we were completely making history. You know, we, wow. we had Lamar Odom, who was one of our best players, uh, back in the late nineties or something, um, who was just a standout. He made it to the NBA, he played with Kobe with the Lakers. And since then, you or I has been struggling. You know, we've never been a household name with basketball and, and Dan Hurley literally just turned the whole program around from an eight win season when he came in uh, or actually, no, I think it was a four win season and then he made it in eight and then he grew it to a 25 plus, you know, win season when we were winning the championships. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we had a great team. We had a great team and, and the guys like playing with each other and, and the culture was off the charts. That's obviously why, you know, most teams win whether it's business music or, or sports, it's obviously the people in the group, but um, yeah, you know, when we found out, I, I'm pretty sure it was one of those uh, it was the selection Sunday show. So I don't know if you've caught those, but that's like oh, the yeah. day when everyone announces who you're, who, the, who they're playing and what bracket they're in and who they might play next and so forth. So seeing Rhode Island pop up, I'm pretty sure we were uh, um, we were being recorded. Like we had a whole TV set up to watch everyone's reactions. And it was, it was, it was insane. Um, but the biggest thing, and most people don't know this, and I don't know if I should really speak on this to some degree, but yeah. we won the conference tournament, which put us automatically into the March Madness tournament. So we were already in good shape to some degree, but by winning your conference tournament, you completely get a bid into the tournament. And we had thought by us winning and getting that automatic bid because we necessarily weren't the best team. There was a couple other teams that were still going to make it from our conference by us making it, we were going to give Arizona State the boot, which was Coach Hurley's brother's team. So he thought by wow. his success that he might hurt his brother, but it all worked out. Arizona State still made the tournament, and, and we both made it. So, um, but yeah, that I didn't realize it at the moment when when that was going through Coach's head, and, and you know I saw his emotion through the process. But once Arizona State's name popped up too, it was incredible. Um, but yeah, you know can't describe the feeling incredible experience they put us out in sacramento too they wanted us to lose so we flew from rhode island to sacramento the farthest destination we could have played at yeah. we beat uh creighton which was a big wow. east, which is a big east team yeah. um first round and then we almost beat oregon believe it or not in the second round to make it to the sweet 16 we lost by like three points if you ask me the refs were a little iffy but regardless though that team had like five draft picks or five NBA players to date right now. So wow. we were going up against some, some, you know, some seasoned beasts, but uh, yeah, regardless, it was, it was an incredible experience. Can you think of a specific moment or a specific game that you remember as being your favorite? Oof. Um, I mean, I, I think I have to say when we won the conference tournament, my, my junior year, and, and that was against VCU. Um, we pretty much just rolled through every team. Um, I, I'm pretty sure. Actually, we might have struggled in the first game, but then the second game we, we whooped them. And then VCU was like our big competitor. You know, they were, they've always been good. It's a really hard place to play at. Um, you know, they, they have a great fan base, smaller gym. So it really, it could get loud in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have, I, I sometimes go through my like, picture memories and, and other photos, but I have so many pictures from and videos from that moment of on the court. You know, I, I've, I have pictures of me kissing the trophy, like <laughs> cutting down the net, 
just just things that I should have never have been doing coming out of who I was in high school and, and what I was able to build in this four year span. Um, but yeah, definitely winning that game and, and pretty much one of our players carried the trophy the whole way from the game to Rhode Island through the flight, through the terminal, put it on the conveyor belt at TSA. So we just, you know, it was a really special moment for all of us. Oh man, that's such a cool story. I can't imagine the feeling like just knowing that all that time and that grind and the effort was worthwhile that you have that memory for the rest of your life cutting the net. I mean, that's, that's nuts, man. You mentioned that you started to, in the background, kind of build Unleash the Knowledge while you were part of the UConn program. Can you remember a specific book, Owen, or maybe listening to a podcast that triggered you to be like, okay, I need to create a page or community around this passion for self-development. Was there a moment that you can remember or a book that really triggered something where like, there's something here that I need to act on? Yeah, I think it was, it, it, it wasn't a book. It was more of me uh, understanding the power of the internet. Finally, mm-hmm. um, even though we're, we're, I still think we're in the infant stage and we're 21 years into the process. Um, but I had been dabbling with a couple other pages. Actually, I was kind of seeing what this world was on social media. Like I had a page that I was just doing. It was like my digital dream board. It was Lamborghinis and mansions. And it was just like something for me to look at to get me excited about what potentially my future could look like. Yeah. Obviously materialistic things, but just something to kind of give me some edge. Um, so I, yeah, for about, I guess, a year or a year and a half prior to actually launching, launching the page, I had been just thinking about um, what one social media platform could do for you. Obviously, I was introduced to these influencers and this new topic that people are literally making money off their personal brands. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, that's not me. And I, I don't really want to push towards that necessarily. Um, I you know I built a faceless brand, which I'm more passionate about. But yeah, it was really just coming to terms with where the world's trending. Um, you know, I'm working on a project today that we'll get into, I'm sure, as well, where uh, I think education is drastically changing. I personally have a master's degree. I, again, should not have a master's degree. I was a poor student in high school. Uh, basketball allowed me to get that degree. But even going through that process was such a learning moment because, and again, I'm not a cancel college guy. I just think that you really need to decide if that's a right decision for you. Personally, I think college is the best decision in terms of relationships versus the actual contents that you learn in the classroom. But all that aside, I just finally captured this idea that the internet is here to stay. You can build a brand without a storefront, without the brick and mortar shop. You know, you don't have to pay rent. You could do it off your phone. You could do it in your room. You could do it wherever. Uh, I'm also not promoting the laptop lifestyle because I think that's a fake persona. I, I think there's an option to go travel while working, but it's still a 24-7, 365 grind. That's what people don't want to advertise. But it is, uh, it's just a new norm. That's the best way to put it. And, and I just wanted to hop in. Um, and I found something that I enjoyed, something that I knew I could uh, post every single day about because that's you know, one of the biggest pillars of success, the, the number one pillar of success that I've learned in my life from Coach Hurley as well is consistency off the bat, a daily action. And, and you know, that's with your physical health, mental health, personal development, literally whatever else it may be. Um, 
so yeah, I just had to think of something that I really enjoyed and what I loved. And that was just this wide range of nonfiction books, personal development, entrepreneurship, startups, marketing, the whole nine yards. And in the process, I was, I'm learning, you know, I'm learning as I do it. But um, yeah, it was less of a one book. It was more so just coming to terms with where we're living, what, what times we're living in today. I know you've built un- Unleash the Knowledge pr- rather rapidly, and you said that it's one of the quickest growing. It's a pretty new page, like it hasn't even been around for two years. Do you point to that growth to showing up every day in consistency, or do you have any other advice for someone that might be looking to build a community of their own on the internet in terms of building that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, first and foremost, consistency every single day action, whether that's posting or just interacting with people. And that leads me to the second point, being authentic, not being a robot and actually wanting to learn about other people. I mean, I, I met you essentially through social media and I meet, I meet tons of people and actually to, 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 to jump back. The reason why I actually launched Unleashed Knowledge, the sole reason and the still the reason why I run it every day was to build my own type of LinkedIn community. Like I wanted this group of people that were like myself to interact with. That's literally why I started it. It wasn't because I love books so much or I wanted to post books. I mean, obviously that's an interest and a passion of mine, but it was first and foremost to build relationships. Like I said before, which I think is one of my superpowers that I just had this wild interest to meet as many people as I can um, just to see what other people are doing and what, you know, where I'm similar and where I'm different and you know, kind of understand things like that. So yeah, you know, other than consistent posting and being interactive on a daily basis, just being genuine and wanting to interact with people, make friends. I mean, social media is this tool that if used correctly, um, well, it's a tool that could completely derail your life, but then it's also a tool that can skyrocket your growth in many different ways. Um, And if you use it for that latter reason, then you're going to benefit tremendously and you're going to meet some really cool people. Oh, and I couldn't agree more, man. I've made so many great friends like yourself from uh, social media. And the reality is you have to have attention to some degree. So you need to be on social media to get that attention. I know you're really passionate about like a producer economy. I'm actually putting out and providing value for people. Tell us about Gura um, and why creators need to be on there and why you know, their community and their followers can also benefit from being on there with them. Yeah. So Gura is the new project startup that I've been alluding to this whole podcast episode. Um, So it's probably best I explain it right now, but it's an education technology platform focused on live learning virtual experiences. And what that is essentially is a place where you can share knowledge and deepen the relationships with your audience, with the folks that decide to attend your session, whatever that may be, and uh, educate them, teach them, share knowledge. Um, you'll make a couple bucks doing so because you'll be selling these virtual tickets. And then you also have an opportunity to make a change in the world because we're going to be partnering with about 10 to 15 good causes, charities. And you'll be able to send a couple bucks towards those folks as well um, to make a difference. You know, so of course I could spend tons of time on on this and I'm always trying to condense the story, but essentially I've been on this journey of revolutionizing education. It started with being a poor high school student and being left, left behind 
and then making it to college somehow, and then making it to getting a master's and actually getting the degree um, and just learning, seeing all that, experiencing all that, um, then becoming under or then understanding the, the internet and uh, companies like Coursera and Udemy and Masterclass, all these amazing billion dollar online education platforms that are making education far more accessible at a cheaper price and um, are not discriminating by any means, like no application process, literally just pay 20 bucks or something and go take a class. Um, I personally think that's where education is trending towards. I'm again, I'm not, I'm not a, a, a thought leader or an expert in this. These are, these are ideas that I've read and learned. There's an individual named Scott Galloway, who's a NYU marketing professor who made this statement pre-COVID that in like five to 10 years time, there's going to be just a bulk of colleges, pretty much the Ivy Leagues and other serious technical schools that are still going to be around. And then everything else, including the URIs and the lower scale schools and so forth, are pretty much going to probably, you know, go to business or people are going to stop applying because they could get the same knowledge, if not better knowledge off the internet for a fraction of the price. Um, so what we're building with Gura is less academic. Um, we're trying to empower the creator, someone like myself, yourself, you know, like I can learn from Jimmy on how to be a DJ, how to make a certain beat chord or, or sequence or whatever that may be for 10, 20, 30 bucks, um, all while having a call with you in real time off my laptop or my phone, safe from COVID under my own roof and still learn from you. Um, you know, that's a priceless experience. And uh, you know, there's great companies out there. There, there's you know, um, like the 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 one company we kind of can compare ourselves to to some degree is Twitch, but Twitch is mainly gaming. So we're kind of like going to be the Twitch, but for education, for learning. So you come to Gura, you uh, you know, buy a a virtual ticket. Um, you know when the date is going live. It's only 45 minutes total. So we know you're busy. The host is busy. We all have different things going on. So it's going to be set to a good amount of time where, you know, you're not dragging your day through learning from somebody. And then hopefully during that pocket of time, you're gaining value and, and knowledge that you can 100% go take action on right after the session. And that's that. And, you know, no strings attached. There's, um, you know, barely any follow-up. You, you can be then connected with the host through email, which is great because, you know, hypothetic or, or an example, like I've had Jim quick on my podcast, which, who I'm super grateful for. If Jim had a session for 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Um, and then I can stay in contact with him to some degree via email. I mean, that's, I take that any single day of the, of the week. Um, but the, the main premise is that it's a live platform. So all live sessions like zoom, um, and it's for anybody, anybody with a level of influence and anybody with an area of expertise, you don't need a PhD. You don't, society doesn't need to paint you as an expert, you know, masterclass, you obviously have to be the Martin Scorsese of your industry. And that's all good and well, there are people like that. However, uh, gurus for everyone below that, you know, the millions of people that are just as good at, at DJing or SEO or, building an online brand or playing the piano, literally anything. And, and you could come and monetize your audience in the process and deepen those relationships. So how can people um, as a learner or as a creator get involved with Gura? 
Yeah, so we're launching April 1st. That's our, our soft launch date. So it might shift a bit, but April in itself, the month, we're hoping to be fully live. Awesome. Gura, uh, the website's www.gura.io. You can go there right now, put your email in and select the drop down menu of being a potential host or a potential attendee or viewer. Um, so that's already kind of declaring the type of messages we'll be sending you to, so you can be prepared for either or. Uh, that same landing page has FAQs, so you could go check that out. Frequently asked questions, you could kind of see what we're more about. Um, but yeah, you know, once we're live April 1st, it's built in a way where the attendee can sift through the database and see what's going on, what, who's going live, who I want to, you know, join in their session. And then the host can very well onboard themselves completely without anyone having to go through, no customer support. It's a, it's a, it's a tab in the site that you plug in the title, your, your short description, your thumbnail, your price point, everything literally that you're going to present. And then all we ask is that you show up on the time that you set and you teach, you know, the attendees some, uh, you know, great value and great knowledge, but yeah, pretty streamlined process and, and can be done at all hours of the day, um, anywhere in the world. So. I love that. Um, so you can learn from anybody uh, in any corner of the world. I'm going to be on Gura at some point for anybody listening. I'll be uh, providing some unique experiences for my followers and community, whether that's music, DJing, maybe hanging out with me backstage. We're working on some different ideas there. So I will be involved on Gura myself, fully endorsing this opportunity. I love the idea of getting one-on-one -on -one time with somebody to learn from them and creating that bond. I think it's so, so cool. Owen, I want to ask you uh, one, one last question here, and it might be hard for you to answer, but for <laughs> someone listening, if they're only going to read one book in 2021, what would you recommend? Yeah, great question. W one thing I just want to actually add about Guru that I forgot oh, is, is it's, uh, we're building an experience uh, platform. So it doesn't necessarily have to be this classroom lecture academic kind of setting. If it, it what very well can be if you'd like it to be, but we're steering away from that, which is what Coursera and Udemy is doing. We're we're trying to build, like you said, this backstage access pass that's incredible, or like a paid QA with an author or an entrepreneur or athlete, whatever they may be. Um, it could be a book launch. It could literally be anything you want it to be. So we're really trying to express that it's an experience versus a course session, you know, other types of words like that. It could yeah. be one-on-one, -on -one, it could be 20 to one and in the max we could have in a session is 250 people. So we are trying to hope that it can push to um, more folks coming into the sessions and learning from one person to maximize that message. But yeah, last thing I wanted to include, um, but to your question, number one book, uh, you know, one of the books that I loved so much and, and I really love the author is The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari by Robin Sharma. And that book is so great for so many reasons. So Robin is this leadership expert, humanitarian, this individual that is just leaving such an incredible lasting imprint within his one life that he has on this earth. And uh, what he does is essentially write fiction books, but they all have nonfiction principles embedded into them. So it reads like a story, reads like a movie. Um, but the tactics and, and advice and practical knowledge in it can be implemented in your in your real life so that's it's the perfect mix between storytelling fiction and nonfiction. 
Um, and the monk who sold his Ferrari specifically is like the one book that it pretty much took his career, you know, you know, with got some jets on his, uh, on his author spaceship in his career. And it pretty much outlines like 10 principles, I believe 10 success principles, including some like, you know, being in touch with your inner self, meditating and journaling, rising with the sun and a couple other really great, uh, pieces of advice. But, um, yeah, hopefully I'll have a speak to Robin one day on, on my podcast. That's a goal of mine. And, um, yeah, I've, I've read like all of his books. So he has a bunch, but first and foremost, I tell you to kick it off with the monk who sold his Ferrari and then you could go explore the rest of his books. I'm a huge fan of Robin Sharma. I read 5am club and I haven't read, uh, the monk who sold his Ferrari yet, but I definitely need to, I fully endorse Robin Sharma's writing style. I'm a huge fan myself. And that, that for anyone listening, that holds a lot of weight for anyone that's just listening and not watching. Owen has a massive bookshelf of books. So he, he, (laughs) it's not like he's read a handful of books. He's recommending one. He, he reads a ton of books. So that recommendation holds a lot of weight. Uh, Owen, where can people follow you on your journey and uh, stay in touch with you on social media or just to get in touch with you? Yeah. So three ways I'll send people one unleash the knowledge spelled out on Instagram. The bio link has everywhere else you could find that specific brand. So we're on every social media platform, email list, website, and so forth, but head to Instagram for unleash the knowledge completely spelled out. Um, Gura, you can go just to www.gura.io. Obviously we're on social platforms. We are a web-based startup. So I'm sending people to the actual site. It's not .com, it's .io. So if you come into trouble and you're typing in .com, that's obviously why. And then the other place is you could follow me on Twitter. I'm, I'm growing my personal account on Twitter, Owen Samarone, spelled out. Um, should it be too hard to find? And yeah, I mean, if you want to follow me personally, but that's really not a focus of mine. You can go to Unleash the Knowledge, which is where tons of readers and learners go to. And then I guess those that are going to go to Guru are they going to be the people that actually take action. That's actually a good way to put it. I just thought of that, that right. you kind of get introduced on Unleash the Knowledge. You can be a bystander, see all these great books, see the knowledge, but then Guru is actually where you go if you really want to take your life to the next level, learn some practical tips and, and put it into action. Um, but yeah, those are uh, three places you can find me. Oh, and uh, thank you so much, man. Um, I, I love following you on uh, Unleash the Knowledge on Instagram and your personal on Twitter. Good content all around. I, I fully, uh, thanks again for joining and um, making time to come on the podcast. It means a lot. Of course, Jimmy. Thanks so much for having me. This is great. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Owen. We'll do something like this again soon. Sounds good.